previously on Flowers for Zoe, Stories for Dennis. We all have our issues. We all have our way of dealing with them. We all have reasoning behind the things that we've done or continue to do. And that doesn't make me any better than any one of my fellow addicts out there. Like, we are in the same boat just for different reasons. And now, coming up on the show. We'll start off, I guess, with my favorite topic being the kids. <laughs> Let's start there. I'm thinking about our listeners, people that have tuned in to follow you in your five-year recovery journey. They might be saying like, how are you doing this, Zoe? What is it that is making it possible for you to be here doing these things now? On today's podcast, a Zoe's Recovery Diary, Zoe talks about big life plans. If anything on today's show triggers you, please reach out and talk to somebody. If you like what you hear, please share the link with others. Hello, everybody. Good morning. Good morning. Hey, everybody. Today we bring you season two podcast number 13 and today is a recovery diary episode with zoe so just to kind of re (laughs) recap our framework our framework invites three perspectives to topic discussions about fentanyl addiction and recovery in the room we have zoe my niece sharing her lived experience with fentanyl use and recovery in the room we have daniel my brother sharing lived experience with family peer support. And my name is Lara, and I'm a registered clinical counselor working in the field of mental health and substance use. The other thing we want to let people know is listen as long as it feels good for you. And if any of this discussion is activating for you, reach out and talk to someone. 100%. Today, we get to check in with you, Zoe, and see how you're doing. And this is the episode where, you know, we get to hear about how your week has been, Oh, how things are going like in general. Yeah, I feel like there's so much happening right now. So much has been going on. So many changes have happened in such a short time. Like, ugh, it's a lot. But then again, like I've said numerous times before, all of these problems and things that are happening are better problems than I had. So I'm happy to have them. Uh, regardless of of how hard it seems sometimes or how hard it feels. I've heard you say that a few times, and it sounds like this is a statement that you return to when there's challenges going on. You kind of go back to, you know, grounding yourself with this message about, hey, I like having these problems. These are good problems to have. I know the last time we chatted with you, there was a lot going on. There was a lot of things up in the air. There was a bit of challenging stuff going on with your mom and with the kids and where things were going to land in terms of starting school and your hopes and wishes. So why don't you give us a bit of an update on what's actually happening? Okay, well, we'll start off, I guess, with my favorite topic being the kids. (laughs) Let's start there. They've been, well, living with me physically now since the beginning of May. They are starting in person, in class, 
me and my mom talked. It took a long time to get to this point, but we spoke after numerous tries <laughs> of getting to like on the same level of dealing with things when it comes to the kids. She finally agreed to give back custody of the kids and let them register for school here in Brampton with me. We haven't signed the papers yet. She's supposed to be coming tonight so that we could take the kids into school tomorrow and register them together. And with that, I also printed out the papers that we needed to get them signed so that we can file them with the family court's office and um, finally have custody back of my kids after six years of not having them in my care. They'll be back in my care, hopefully by the end of next week, completely. Wow. Just wow. Do you feel a bit more settled just thinking about it? I do, on one uh, on one hand, I do feel a little bit more settled. Like I know what's happening. I know what's going to happen within the next little while. So it's a good feeling. But then on the other hand, I'm like, holy shit, this is happening. You know, I need to kick my ass into gear and really start getting more shit done. Whereas before I was like, my mom's not going to give back custody yet. Like there's time to do this, this and this and wanting it so bad to now getting it and being like, fuck, I got to get shit done. I got to get their beds. I got to get their room set up. I need this stuff to get, get going. Like there's not, there's no time to, to sit there and wait anymore because it's happening. She's signing the papers. We're agreeing that the kids should be back with me. Her trust is built with me to the point where she believes that I can take care of them. And I, I I'm, I'm good. You've been working on this for a long time. And I think about those early days when it was just about seeing the kids, mm -hmm. just about, you know, reconnecting with them and being able to parent them and be their mom in their life. Right. And getting then, as much out of it as I possibly could at that moment. And now I'm literally getting, yeah, I have my cake and I can eat it too, <laughs> basically. Right. It's a good feeling. My kids are, are so fucking happy. I let my mom tell them, like we, we told them what was going to happen as a family. And they were just, all she could do was she just looked at my mom and she's like, for real? Like, and then she looked at me like, mom, is she serious? Like, <laughs> is she letting us come back now for good? And I'm like, yeah. And it was just so nice. Like, they're so happy. They're, yeah. We're all just so happy that it's finally happening. And like you said, you know, like I, I can see how this is happening. And now suddenly there's a whole new set of things to think about. Yes. Right. And it kind of invites you back into that rush of like, oh, I got to get the beds. I got to get their rooms. There's a lot to do. Almost um, like I'm nesting all over again. So I was yeah. nesting because... I got them here to visit and they were staying with me physically here and there. And it was summertime and like I was gaining their trust back and I was, you know, building my relationship back with them and my mom. So I was nesting. I was getting everything ready for them to be visiting and for them to be here sometimes. Now I feel like I'm going to start nesting all over again where I'm going to be momzilla 
like and try and get all of this shit done so that they're comfortable and they're happy since they've been with my mom it's my mom's room that they sleep in you know being here right now it's my room that they sleep in or stay in I want them to have their own. I want them to walk in and not have my shit on the the table or, you know, my pillows on the bed. Like I want them to walk in and for them to know that everything in this room is theirs. It's not somebody else's room where they're just staying. I want them to feel that it's theirs. Everything here is theirs. The beds are theirs. The the armoire is theirs. The the vanity set is theirs. The clothes that are in there are theirs. I want them to have a place to go where it's just theirs and they're comfortable. They haven't had that in so long. And I want, I want them to have that back. You've got this clear vision of what it's going to look like when you pull all these things together. Yes. (laughs) So these are your new set of goals. Like, you know, this is what you guys are working on. And I want to also bring us back to that earlier episode that we did on feeling all the feels you likely have a lot of big feelings about this whole transition. It's a slippery slope. (laughs) Yeah. In what way? So say something about that. What is there anything that you're, you're worried about? Um, I I don't really, not really. I mean, I know I have the best family in the world. I have so much support. There's so much love within our family. If I needed even just a day to myself, I know that I would be supported. Physically, I'm doing everything already as I would be having custody. I think the biggest thing is just mentally knowing that I am going to 100% have them back on paper off of paper, like I am primary, I make the rules once again for my kids. You know, I, I set, I just set the rules. I set the bar. And as good as that feels, I think a little bit of me is scared because when problems hit, I'm still the one who has to set the bar now, right? It's not my mom doing it. I, you know, of sure I can call my mom for advice or for help, but like, if one of them gets hurt or if, you know, an allergy happens or, you know, these doctor's appointment of all these big life choices, like I am that primary person that has to make those big choices for other people, meaning my kids, right? I'm no longer just making choices for myself. I'm back making choices as a mom for two other little human beings, like, So that's a little bit intimidating to me. I know that there's not, it's not just black and white. Like there's no right and wrong. Like there's so many different ways of handling different situations, but still being a parent, you always want to make the best choice. So it's intimidating to be on the top of the pyramid, making all of those drastic life changing choices for another human. Yeah, it sure is. I mean, <laughs> God, being a parent is... One of the best feelings, but one of the worst fucking feelings. I think this fear, not, it's not a fear. It's just an anticipation, it sounds like. I think it goes away very yeah. fast. Very fast. Yeah. I hope you're so. Not, you're not one 
no, Zoe, you're not one to, <laughs> you know, I, I'm surprised. I, I am a little bit surprised that you're second guessing yourself. You're not usually one to second guess yourself like this. That's why I think it goes away. You're such an awesome mom. <laughs> Thank you. I just, I never want to make um, the wrong choice for them, right? Oh, you will. But they'll be fine. It's like, what was that discussion we had the other day? Oh, it was actually about the rooms. You know, you said you really want them to have their own room so they can experience that and have their own space. They're at a certain age where they really do need their own space, right? But at the same time, it's not bad for kids to share a room. I don't think it's a bad thing. I just feel like I don't want, how do I put it? Like, like I said, the last time they had their own room was in Barrie. And even then they were still young, you know, but at this point, I just feel like for the past six years, they've lived with my mom. And it's been my mom's turf. It's been her bedroom, her bed, her cupboards, her dressers, her, you know, perfumes, her, her vanity. It's, it's been her stuff. And my kids, it was almost like they were just borrowing it. They were just using it, you know, being here now, it's my bedroom with my bed, my, you know, like, it's just my stuff. And it almost feels like they're just using it. They're just borrowing what's mine. And I don't want them to feel like that. I want them as little women, little girls that are growing up. I want them to know that they're not, they have a place, you know, they have their, their place. They have their spot. It's not borrowed time. It's not, it's not borrowed stuff. It's not a, a, a sometimes thing. I want them to feel stable. I want them to have stability. I want them to know that where they are is where they're going to stay. Your two kids are so lucky that they have you. It's going to be so enjoyable to watch what you do, you know, over these next six months. Yeah. Yeah. That'll be a big part of this fall is creating a space for each of them where yes. they have privacy, where they get to call their room, their room. They get to close the door and know that that's their space and that they belong there. Yeah. This is their home and you're all united and together. Yeah. Let's just like celebrate that. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and to contrast a bit, I mean, let's go back eight to 10 months ago, your kids were always on your mind. Part of me thought my relationship with them would never be the same ever again. Like I would never get that 100% um, comfort and, and, and stability and reliability. Right. I would yeah. never get that intense relationship back with them. It's one thing seeing your kids, but it's a completely different thing to have a bond with them. And my biggest fear, like I said, was that I would never have that bond with them ever again. And now that fear is completely gone. Oh, I have no fear in that whatsoever <laughs> at all. I wanted to check in with how you're doing with recovery, like how you're doing as a person. 
I know there's lots of components to your life and there's the kids and they take up a big chunk of things right now. And of course they do. Right. But how are you doing as a person in the world? Uh, I, I'm, I think I'm doing okay. I mean, um, yeah, I'm doing all right. The kids are going to start school. So I've decided that, uh, instead of constantly thinking about, um, my own education and what I want to do, I came to the choice that I'm going to stick with medical aesthetics as of right now. And once the kids are in full day school, starting this week, I'm not even going to double guess myself or, or, or think about it anymore. I'm literally just going to apply for OSAP and I'm going to jump into a medical aesthetics course and just fucking do it. Cause the more I sit here and the think about it and think about it, like the longer it's going to take for me to get into it, the, the more questions I'm going to have in the back of my head, is this what I should do? Maybe I should do something else. And I don't want those thoughts anymore. I just want to do it. Like I love doing stuff like that. I'm very interested in it. And I can start off making like 65,000 a year. And I'm so fucking happy with that. I just want to do it. And I can have this done within a year. So, and then from there, I could be working, making that much money yearly. And then if I want to, with all the, the stuff I'll be learning and all the new knowledge I'll have on this subject or on this, on this, um, on this job, I mean, I could eventually open up my own salon doing medical aesthetics and you know Mm -hmm. and I all I have to do is just further my knowledge on it take little courses for for you know microblading little courses for you know like just I just all I can do right now is do it and then up my learning in that field and I feel like it's something I'm interested in it's something that attracts me mentally like I'm into it a lot so I'm just gonna do it lovely yeah I have another question because I'm thinking about our listeners right people that have tuned in to follow you in your five-year recovery journey like we're talking about a lot of positive things and there must be people out there that are asking like okay fentanyl addiction and recovery they might be saying like, how are you doing this, Zoe? How are you able to get to this place in your life when back then it was such a struggle and it shut everything down and now you're moving into this new chapter of your life and things are really turning around? Like, what would you say to people? Because I know you've talked a lot about it's worth the fight. So like, what is it that is making it possible for you to be here doing these things now? I am just determined to have better to do better than I did yesterday to do better than you know I've been doing for the past however many years that I've been struggling with this and you know some of it I guess has to do with the fact that I'm not old don't get me wrong but you know I'm gonna be 30 in a couple years you know And when I look at my peers that I grew up with, you know, like people that I had in my life, um, when before I had kids, you know, when I was pregnant with my kids, you know, I see what they're doing. And most of them have careers, you know, most of them 
are buying houses, they're getting married, they're doing all of these crazy things that people do. I feel like I wasted years of my life. And I'm just, I don't want to waste any more years. I want to, you know, I want to have goals and I want to work towards them. Um, you know, I eventually want to own a home. And in order to do that, I need to make the appropriate steps. And those steps are to get an education in something that I love doing and get a, a, a career that, you know, when the time comes, because like I, I've said it before, I'm not done having babies. I do want more babies eventually. You know, like I said previously, I was destined to be a mom. I knew I wanted to be a mom from early you know, and I'm not done having babies, but I'm also not in a position right now to have more. So I'm, I'm working my way up the ladder to get to a place where I am stable enough to have more babies. And, you know, once I reach my, my career level, um, I'll be able to, you know, take time off with maternity leave and be able to still have my career. I'd be able to still come back to my career. You know, it's not like uh, just a regular job where, you know, they come, they go. If I had a baby, I'd be leaving and probably maybe not going back. Like I want to have stability in my life. I want to secure my, my career, my life, my home. Like I want all of these things. And I just look at it like each step I'm taking, no matter what it has to do with, whether it has to do with my kids coming down on my medication, every step in my life that I'm taking right now is one step closer to everything that I want. I'm not taking any steps back anymore. Every step, no matter what it has to do with in my life right now, I'm literally taking one more step closer to what I want in life, whether it be, like I said, my house, my job, having more babies, you know, being stable, like I am taking that one step closer every day. Mm -hmm.